0: another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And it is the moment that we have all been waiting for the start of Rankings 2.0 2024 edition, Colin.
1: This is the, I'd say the bread and butter of what we're here for is diving in digging deep play by play you know snap by snap finding out who these players are and ranking them for the dynasty drafts that are going to be coming uh these will go all the way up to like true draft season that's that's going to start in you know senior bowl time combine all that these will be the lead up to that so Uh, I, I mean, we're here, baby. This is, this is the fun stuff.
0: We're here. I mean, I've been, we've been teasing it for weeks because it's, you, you feel that excitement. You feel that, you know, I'm, I'm ready to dive into the film. Like you said, this is where we start to learn a lot about these players. It's, it's one thing to follow college football and watch these players through the season, but it's another thing to sit down and grind the film And to determine, you know, what do we think? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What are the rankings? And that's the journey that we start today with the quarterback position. This is a position at Camp Dynasty that being that we are not a super flex pod, this is kind of the the spotlight. We get a couple of these during draft season where we get to really dive in on these quarterbacks, talk about their value in a one quarterback environment and maybe throw in a little bit of super flex talk along the way. Uh, but it is a very interesting quarterback class. Colin, if we go back to the summer, we talked about a handful of these guys. We said, this is kind of looking like maybe a deep class and one that's headed by some supreme talents. We're going to get to reexamine what it looks like a few months later and see if everything still looks the way we thought it was going to look.
1: Yeah, definitely going to reexamine what we thought in the preseason. We'll oh boy. say that. A little teaser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll go big picture in terms of, you know, what you're looking at, Dynasty Draft, maybe some NFL draft, and then we'll go very very small picture and pick out, you know, plays and, you know, how they looked generally in games. So, get get a little bit of everything here.
0: Yeah. So, it's a, it's a hot it's gonna be a hot topic all draft cycle with these quarterbacks. We've we've talked about the rhetoric that has already started with some of the top names in this class. Let's start some of our own. But we are gonna start on the bottom end. This is a top five quarterbacks rankings, dynasty rankings. Remember, this is a fantasy first show. We are talking about dynasty rookie quarterback rankings it's in the name it's it's right in the name it's called camp (laughs) dynasty might might be different than nfl quarterback rankings that's what it looked like last year with at least for me anthony richardson uh being my quarterback one for fantasy but not in the nfl we'll find out if that is the same this year but we are going to start at number five, and I'm not going to do this to you every time this year, I promise. But I am going to do it to you today just because, selfishly, I want to know who you have at number five in this class.
1: That's fair. It's it's a tough one. I literally decided as we were getting into our little pre-show um, I did have Anthony Richardson as my QB1 for the NFL and for – You did. I did, and I still believe. I Uh, did. But for this, at number five, was a tough one again. I got J.J. McCarthy. So, I don't love it. (laughs) I'll start out with that because – Okay, J.J. McCarthy is uh, Michigan's quarterback. He's an interesting player because he's uh, divisive. Some people think he's great, like he should be going top half of the first round. Then there's realistic people. So, you know, you you look at him as a player, and he makes a lot of really nice plays out of structure. And he doesn't – I mean, his in-structure stuff is – iffy i'd say at best and his his pocket management is pretty good but not great uh so jj mccarthy was a definitely an interesting scout for me uh, i'm interested to hear what you have to say about him but before i i dive fully in so uh, what do you think about jj
0: so usually these rankings go one of two ways we're either lockstep same One, two, three, four, five, or we're all over the place and everything's different. I have J.J. McCarthy as my number five quarterback in this class. So we're off to a hot start. Now, the thing with this spot, this ranking, and, and this is something I want to do a better job of this year, is talking about tiers because rankings are one thing. But rankings really don't tell the full picture of how a class takes shape. Tiers are really what it's all about because you can have two players that are, you know, very, very different types of players, but maybe each excel at what they do. And that, that would put them on this, a similar tier. For me, this is a, I'm going to call it the third tier of quarterbacks. It starts here at number five with JJ McCarthy. And this tier is is fairly expansive based on what I've watched from this class. I'm not going to spoil anything yet. We'll talk about honorable mentions at the end, but there is a collection of quarterbacks that kind of fit into this tier right now, which is I like what I'm seeing in certain areas, and I don't love what I'm seeing over here, and we're kind of trying to figure out what does that mean for an NFL projection. How confident can I be that you can be a successful NFL player? J.J. McCarthy ends up being the poster child for that group for me just because I think of all those players, he was the one that showed me the most on his 2023 film. And that, that is impressive because I was not sold on this player at all. Uh, Based on his 2022 film, I, I thought it was very lackluster. I thought the top 10, you know, the hype that he had was like almost shocking based on what I remembered seeing from 2022. And I can't say that the top 10, you know, hype is is justified after what I saw from the 2023 film. But what I will say is this is a player, a very young player. He was 20 years old this season. He will be almost newly 21 when he is drafted in April, if he so chooses to declare. Very young player who very clearly got better this year. From 22 to 23, He clearly got better and it started with the accuracy. He was much more accurate this year to, to pretty much all levels of the field. I think his deep accuracy is very much a work in progress at this point, but the intermediate areas, he really impressed me. There were some real NFL throws, you know, strong arming, some, some tough outbreaking routes on his film that kind of made me stop and say, okay. We might have something here with J.J. McCarthy. He's not there yet, but maybe I'm comfortable at this point seeing the projection ahead.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a a nice way to put it is that we're definitely a work in progress with McCarthy because there is absolutely jumps that he made from last year to this year. And it, it is absolutely just like, when he trusts his read and rips it, it looks really nice. And do you see that like you said on the outbreaking routes, it's also like beating the like hitting hitting those windows on the dig routes is something that he looked really good doing this year. It's out of that break before that that backer or the whole safety can get over. He he can rip it in there and put it on the guy. And that that's pretty impressive. So there's definitely a lot that he's improved on and i think the most impressive part of his game i mean you talk about guys that specialize in one thing or another in this tier is is still his his out of structure is like when he can either get away from a free rusher or break out of the pocket he is finding somebody pretty often and so that that is that is his shining moment for me as a player and that's what gets him above the other guys in this third tier um i totally agree that that we're sitting in a tier and uh like i said before i was like oh, should i go with this guy you know he might have a higher ceiling uh, should i go with this guy and mccarthy just feels like a safer kind of player that has room to grow and i had Definitely would like them to see, like to see him if he does go out because we don't know for sure yet because he is a young player. Uh, Michigan, I mean, is a good program. They're in the college football playoff. Like there's still a lot to be said with this team, but uh, if he goes into the draft, you know, get somewhere you know, drafted second, third round, whatever he ends up going, and sit and wait behind a quarterback and uh, maybe a veteran and learn a thing or two, get on that NFL field, start seeing NFL athletes, feel it out, and I think he could be a good player. He has a lot of potential. There's a lot of flashes that you see. And I just – I can see a path to him succeeding.
0: I mean, talk about sit and wait. That's the question. Where does he get drafted is he being drafted as a high or even mid first round NFL quarterback? Because if that happens, the expectations are not going to match the player. And that is the recipe that you see fan bases turn on these guys, because this is not a player that I feel strongly could come into the NFL in 2024 and be a starting quarterback, you know, from the jump. That's not where he is like I said, extremely young player. He is still growing. He's still developing. He's be, he's finding his identity as a quarterback. I, I saw a little bit of added confidence from him this year. You saw him really test that arm, fire into some tight windows, look a little confident. And, and like you said earlier, when he was doing that, that was some of the best tape that he had this year. But outside of that it's when he you know doesn't trust his read he hesitates he fires into a, it in a, a, you know misses that timing route and fires into a tight window on the wrong side of it. Um, and the other thing that I have is, I mean why didn't they trust him that is that is a fair question to ask, I feel like because this is a player that had the 12th fewest attempts by a quarterback in all of college football with at least 300 dropbacks. When you talk about starting quarterbacks, this was one one of the the ones that had the fewest attempts, and there were guys in front of him on that list that missed time. I mean, guys like Jalen Milro was ahead of him. But that was not a consistent starter. Uh, Tanner Mordecai missed some time with Wisconsin. I mean, there were names ahead of him that – I mean they did not play the full season like JJ McCarthy did. So why did they not lean on him? Did they do they trust the scheme? Do they trust the run game that much or is it more of a, you know, maybe there's some limitations that they're trying to cover up with this player. It's a fair question to ask at this stage in the process, but um yeah, I mean he he's an interesting guy. Like I said, this is a this is a a third tier sort of situation where this is like a second round grade for me at this point in time with JJ McCarthy.
1: He's also a pretty skinny player and he I I just I don't like when he runs. I, every time I'm like, "Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing here, JJ?" cuz he tra- he's trying to make guys miss and trying to get some extra yards. Uh he's not like super like he's a really he's a great athlete but he's not a great runner and I don't know that he's just I feel like he's doing too much you gotta you gotta get down you know we we talk about the the rushing quarterbacks and JJ McCarthy runs a decent amount more than you probably think and he has taken some hits this year and that is something that I would like to see him scale back a little bit is like man you are like just do what you're really good at and that is you know bang off that back foot and fire it and if not buy some time until someone gets open throw on the run I mean he's very accurate on the run I love his release it's really fast uh nice and high up in the air he's 6'2 like there there's stuff here but there's a lot of questionable decisions there's like you said he doesn't trust himself all the time doesn't trust his eyes all the time waits a little too often buys time when he doesn't have to like just use that newfound anticipation and that arm strength and the accuracy and just trust that it's going to work and you you got to fire and so uh i think with some added confidence and some good coaching, you could see good things out of McCarthy.
0: Another year in college would do him wonders. I, I agree, but I just don't know if we're going to get it. So this is the player we have to evaluate right now, and right. we'll find out. And and by the way, I mean the college football playoff—it's it, his opportunity. Big stage. It's his opportunity. I mean, he's been there before, but now as the one seed, go win that title. Go look like that guy If they put a little bit more on his shoulders. Let him rip it a little bit. If he gets, if he puts some, some good tape out there in these, in this game or in these games, that might just be enough for the NFL to fall in love with him a little bit more. And we'll see from there, but. Oh, all right. Takes burning a hole in the pocket. Uh, feels good to get that one out. Number four, are we going to keep the streak alive, Colin? Well, next up I've
1: got Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback. Where do you got him?
0: I do not have him at number four.
1: Okay. I
0: have him higher.
1: All right. So do you want to... To save it and talk about him when we get to your spot?
0: Well, I'm assuming I I'm making an, an inference. Yeah, I, I think I, I know where
1: you have him ranked.
0: Okay. I he's at number three. Right. He's he's my number three.
1: Okay. So let's let's dive into Jaden. Yeah. Here. Let's do it. So Jaden Daniels is a little bit of an unserious player. I I just wanna I just wanna seriously put that out there. I I think Daniels is getting a level of hype that kind of like JJ McCarthy that is unwarranted. Cause Daniels I, I've come I've I'm full circle on Daniels. There last year I was like, Man, Jaden Daniels is not a good football player. I'm not there right now, but I am not exactly where I was midseason, where I was like, "Hey, maybe Jaden Daniels returning a corner a little bit." Because you you watch it and it's, man, he's not making tight window throws. He's you know throwing to wide open guys a lot. I mean, you look at a lot of his work that's getting done. It's like Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors are unbelievable players, and that's a a big part of what he's doing now. The real piece of this that translates to fantasy football is he's a damn good runner. Like he was that that's part of the reason that he was a Heisman trophy winner. He had a thousand two hundred and fifty yards on the ground. Like he is a very good runner. So I'm gonna focus on his passing because he is a quarterback first and foremost, and that's what's gonna get you on the field. And he he throws a nice deep ball, and if he's throwing to open guys, it looks really good. He's rarely moving off his first and second read, and then throwing it. It's it's often one two tuck and go, and that's what leads to those rushing yards. When he's sitting in the pocket and diagnosing which he can do, like he has a vision to do, he can go through these progressions, he just chooses not to because he's so good with his feet and when he does go through his progressions, it it looks good like I'm like, wow, this is a this is a good quarterback and that's you know it, he has a lot of potential, but it's just more often than not he's choosing to drop his eyes and go and another thing same as jj stop taking hits man get on the ground holy hell what are we doing you're another like small guy six four two ten like this is not a big guy why are we taking so many hits so uh you know maybe one thousand two hundred yards is still good you know on the ground save those 50 slide a few more times go out of bounds a few more times uh, and I just want to like go through the progressions more because when he does, it's like, Hey, this is good. Yeah. Jaden. But oftentimes it's like one, two, drop my eyes. I'm going because I, I know that I can go get like six yards. Cause I'm going to lower my shoulder and carry this guy like two. So, uh, yeah. Jaden Daniels, what you got for me?
0: Well, I, I know you probably didn't mean it like this, but you completely undersold the two things that Jaden Daniels does at an an unbelievable level. Oh,
1: the the deep balls and the rushing? Yeah. Like,
0: oh, he's pretty good at this. Oh, he's got a pretty good... No, no, no. (laughs) Just so we're clear, Jaden Daniels is he has elite rushing upside. Yes. Like I I'm not going to sit here and and do the Lamar Jackson thing like like you're going to hear I'm sure in the in the media circles but like I was shocked at how close it was. Like how like how much of a like I could see it in his game because I mean he is in a just an exceptionally twitchy athlete that can get 20 yards in the blink of an eye. Like if he senses pressure and, and you, you said this, I mean, like he's not really going through his reads too often, but that's because the second or third read on pretty much every play is I can turn it up and get 20 yards in the blink of an eye. Like, He's, he's looking to his spot and if it's not there, boom, I'm gone. And he can get away with that because he is so explosive and so fast. It's unbelievable. And he can get into open space and make people miss. So he's got that trifecta of the rushing upside where you, you kind of sit there and say like, yeah, (laughs) this is a, this is a fantasy superstar in the making. If, if at all hands out you know and i'll get to that it's not all perfect but the rushing upside is is unbelievable the deep ball he's got a case for the best in the class i mean his deep accuracy and and i'm not going to say that it is and and some people will but there's a player in this class that's just better i mean maybe even two but at least one his deep ball though is exceptional it's almost jaw-dropping, actually, how accurate he is down the field. 63.6% completion percentage, 20 or more yards down the field. The next closest quarterback in college football, 53.1%. He is a full 10 percentage points above when it comes to throwing down the field and completing these passes it's it's a thing of beauty and he does it over and over and you see it over and over and and i like the point that you brought up these wide receivers that he's playing with man, i that i mean they're helping him out in a big way it's it, but it's a joint effort. it's these guys are getting open often down the field and he's putting it on him almost every time. so that's the good news. that's the stuff that you sit there and say okay. Yeah, this could be something special. And I'm going to put him at the number three spot. He's going to be in this tier, this second tier. And just by the way, before we get into the negatives here, he's not a top five pick. Like he's getting talked about as a top five pick. I like the talent. I really liked what I saw. I was almost shocked at what I saw because we were in the same boat of, I don't know about this player major growth massive growth don't think he's a top five pick in the nfl because the weaknesses you touched on some of them ball placement looks great down the field but it can be very questionable in other areas and especially in the intermediate areas of the field and i think that is a lot to do with timing I think his, his internal clock or his like, you know, the one, two, three boom, I don't think it's always there. And that is something that is concerning because you need to have that, you know, on time ability in the NFL, when the windows get even tighter and it gets harder to complete these passes over the middle and to these, you know, the 10 to 19 yard range, like it's great if you can hit a deep ball, but you got to hit these routes over the middle of the field into the sideline. And I did not see that in a super consistent manner this year from Jane Daniels. So, um, tendency to leave balls behind guys, especially over the middle, these crossing routes, it, it seemed like time and time again, he's got balls behind guys even when they're wide open. And so, the good and the bad. I mean, that's Jane Daniels. What do you, you know, where do you, what do you trust? You, do you trust his elite upside in certain areas or do you kind of see that player that worried you a little bit a year or two ago, start to manifest and, and he's still, he's still that player sometimes. So what does that mean? I think, you know, that's, that's one of the questions. That's, that's what keeps him out of the top 10 top, even the top half of the first round, in my opinion,
1: yeah, I think this is the the first time that I've like felt out of sync with you. Really? Cause, yeah, because like I, I mean, I, I see, I see what you are saying, and like I, the you are making great points, but like I just I don't see like a vastly improved. I don't see a first round player in Jane Daniels. Really? Yeah, like I. I I wouldn't feel comfortable with having him start year one. I wouldn't have him like I don't know. There there's a lot here that I feel like is not like NFL ready. And he took a step forward this year. That's that's absolutely true. And there's definitely growth that he could make and there's traits here that are attractive and that would be very good for fantasy. And that is the the rushing. But it it just feels like there's uh a timing thing here that that really matters to me where you're he's looking down his receivers far too often and it works out for him like i said because he has very good talents at wide receiver uh he he can progress and he has it in him and he shows it but it's few and far between and then he's i mean the stuff that he's pulling off in these games on these runs i just don't think will fly in the nfl like i i don't think that he's going to be able to against a, a serious d coordinator that's scheming for a mobile quarterback i i don't think that he's like he's not going to get loose like he he was throughout this season i, I don't think that's going to happen
0: well, hold on a second. I'm, okay. The, the man that had Anthony Richardson as his quarterback one. Yeah. I think Anthony Richardson was a completely
1: different runner. Well, he's than... a brick
0: shithouse compared well, to – not, not
1: meaning – I mean, like, the way the way Jane Daniels generates a lot of his scrambles is, like, doing almost it, – it, it seems like Cam Newton – on that one Patriots play where he's like dancing around back there and like making guys miss that's Jaden Daniels. And that's awesome. But you, you can't do that like five times a game. And it feels like that's what he's doing. And I, I just, it's, it's great. And it, it looks awesome. Cause it works a lot of the time. And like you watch the Florida stuff and it's like, Oh my God, like this guy is the fastest player in the world. And I just, I just don't think that it translates to an NFL play style. So Man, I mean, if if this is our first major disagreement, that's a big I'm okay one.
0: That's that. a big disagreement right there. Yeah. If there's one area of his game that I feel so confident about, it's that he is an elite runner at the NFL level. Uh, the passing, you you could easily talk me into the the passing needing a lot of work. And he might, you know, it it does. And it does. I, I, (laughs) I fully admit that. Like I, I, I see this, like my number three ranking is reflective of this being a fantasy ranking. Like he would not be my number three in my NFL rankings right now. My number four player who I'm assuming we're going to talk about shortly would be my number three player. So let's talk about him, Maybe.
1: Well, let's do it. I, I'm good. I got my, my feelings. <laughs> I lo- you know on, what, man? We needed Daniels. more of that.
0: Last yeah. year was way too... Kumbaya. Yeah. It was That's too nice. not how this works. Yeah. Uh,
1: Michael Penix. Yep. Let's talk about him. So Penix is uh, the rightful Heisman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Washington's quarterback. Uh, had a, a fantastic season this year. Um I mean, they're going to be also in the college football playoffs. Talked about J.J. McCarthy earlier. Pennix headed this this electric offense to the college football playoff. And I saw uh, before we like were, were diving in, I saw a guy who's like, yeah, Michael Pennix is a lot like Tua. And I was like, okay, it's just because he's left-handed. Let's not do this. And then you look and it's like, okay, you know, I I could see it a little bit. Now, Penix doesn't have the pinpoint short accuracy that Tua has because Tua, I mean, is an outlier in terms of ball placement. Like, he he is so good. But Penix throwing the ball is like a a gunslinger. Like, he can make every single throw. He can put it on all these guys. I mean, you have these weapons that we lauded all season. You know, we talked about Odunze. We talked about McMillan. talked about Jalen Polk. And – I mean, he is making things happen. He's hitting these guys in stride every time. Uh, the, The accuracy is unreal. The pocket movement is really nice. The arm strength is great. Like He has one of the best deep balls in this class. I don't know if he was the one you were referring to, one of the two that you were referring to earlier, but... I mean, he can. He has a beautiful deep ball that lets a guy get underneath it where he puts enough arc on it and it just soars through the air. Uh, so, I mean, he's a pocket quarterback, though. There is next to no rushing upside, it doesn't seem like, and that's due to an injury history. Like, he has had leg injuries. Like, he just does not move. And so that is a, one thing that would – concern me about an NFL upside is like or a fantasy upside or an NFL upside in general is that I don't know if the NFL wants a guy that's not going to be able to like get out and run so uh that's why the Tua thing kind of comes full circle is because Tua is a statue in the pocket he doesn't run very often like he'll make a guy miss he'll move a little bit get off his spot but he's not running neither is penix so uh what do you, what do you think about michael penix
0: yeah i mean i i 100% agree and i mean to be quite honest you could you could run back everything we said about him this summer run it back play it again because to me this is the same player from 2022 to 2023 he's the same guy and it makes sense because he's 24 years old I mean, he's going to be, he will be 24, like pretty much as soon as he's drafted. So this is a, this is an older player. And I think the upside is very limited. I think what you see is what you get with Michael Penix. Now that said on pure passing talent, he is a, he's a slam dunk in my opinion, like as a pure pocket passer, he does everything that you want from a quarterback. He can throw accurately to all levels. He's got a big arm. He shows it off. I mean, intermediate and deep stuff in this air raid Washington offense. It's it's constantly on display. I mean, you can you can see him throwing to these. And again, he's got a good cast of receivers here. But Penix elevates that group with his ability as a passer i mean 33 big time throws from Penix. that was one shy of drake may who i mentioned last week led all of college football he was right there in terms of these big nfl caliber throws down the field another thing that i like about is despite the fact that he is a limited improviser. I mean, he's not really going to do much for you outside of his work from the pocket, but what he will do is stand up in the face of pressure and he will take hits and he will deliver accurate balls. So if you're not going to get away from pressure, if you're not going to consistently get outside the pocket and make plays, you better be able to make those throws when you have guys barreling down on you and panics can definitely do that. And the last thing, my last pro for Panix, he, like I said, he's not really going to get outside the pocket. He's not really going to create much, but there are moments on his film where he's kind of subtly manipulating the pocket. He, he, his footwork in the pocket is good. He knows how to move, to set himself up, to make throws down the field, if he needs to buy, you know, an extra half second or a second, he can do that occasionally. So even though he's limited in terms of that athleticism and impro- improvisation, he is about as good of a pocket passer as I think you can get at this point.
1: Yeah, I the one thing that I don't love about Penix, outside of the fact that he's not very mobile, is that his footwork gets a little shoddy when he's under pressure. Okay. He, you see him yeah you see him like throwing leaning back a little too a little too much. He's throwing the sidearm and like it'll something like a lot of the times he can deliver an accurate ball, like you said, under the face of pressure. Sometimes he'll sail it a little bit because he'll, he'll lean back a little bit and, and get on his his heels too much. And that's something that I noticed that if you're going to be a pocket passer, you got to be able to, to step in and fire all the time under pressure. Cause I mean, that's like the best pocket passer. Look, I'll go Tom Brady. Cause he's the best pocket passer of all time. You know, not because Michael Penix is Tom Brady. Let's get that out of the way. So, Tom Brady, the his best quality was manipulating defense with his eyes and navigating messy pockets. And it's something I'd like to see Penix do more because like when you you get that little shift and then the step up and then you know he airs it out, it's like, good Lord, this is an elite quarterback. And then when when he's kind of laying back and like waiting for the hit and like bracing for the hit almost, that's when the accuracy becomes a little less ideal. So uh I, I could I could do with a little more a little less anticipation of pressure and a little more of trying to beat the pressure in the pocket.
0: That's fair. Um weaknesses. I mean we talked about the the lack of you know creation with this player and this is where I'm gonna bring in the a conversation that's hot right now in the in the sports media circles Cam Newton the conversation about you know game changers versus game managers and that I like how he thinks about it because I think game manager gets very stigmatized. It's like we slap that on these guys when it's like oh it's like Jimmy Garoppolo he's a game manager you know like there are great NFL quarterbacks that are game managers i mean they are not players that are transcending an offense by themselves but they are operating at an extremely high level within the structure and i think Michael Penix is a game manager in the NFL i think that's what he is and and that's why i like the Tua Comparisons, or at least, you know, the parallels there, because I think a lot of what Tua was criticized for early and even still to this day, but more so early in his career. I mean, you see what he's doing within this structure now, where you have the right head coach in place, you have the right weapons in place. And Tua's strengths are accentuated in that environment, and he shows you that he can be a great NFL quarterback within those parameters. I think Penix is a similar sort of player, where he is not going to be a guy that can go into any room and any team and and elevate that team from the get-go. But if you have the right structure and place around him, and that's not to say like he needs to be, oh, we need to have you know, the MVP Tyreek Hill, or he's a bust, you know, like it, as long as there's, yeah. Right. Tyreek Hill MVP, baby. You heard it here first. Yep. Uh, all I'm trying to say is that he is not on the level of players ahead of him in this class. This, this is where that tier break happens. I have Jane Daniel, Jane Daniels and Michael Panics in the same tier here, because I think they are very clearly a step below in terms of how comfortable am I saying wherever you go, I think you can be a successful NFL quarterback. I'm not there with these two players. I don't think they could go anywhere and be successful. But a guy like Penix, I mean, it's it's polar opposites. You get the elite, what I'm cons- well, I'll call it elite rushing upside with Jane Daniels. That is his sort of mark that he brings to any situation. Where Penix is going to give you that that pocket ability The ability to just dice people up from within that structure. So it's an interesting conversation with these two players, very different players and how they win. Um, but it's it'll be an interesting conversation. I don't, and I don't know that Penix is going to get uh, – I don't know what kind of NFL draft capital Penix gets at the end of the day. Right. I really don't.
1: Yeah, because it's hard to imagine a situation where, like, a team – decides to push their chips in for michael Penix. yeah and that's the i mean you talk about the game manager game changer thing and i agree that Penix is uh, a game manager and they need support and you look at guys that are limited in terms of improvisation and you look at like Uh, A Tua or like a brock purdy where they're having incredible seasons and it's a lot due to scheme and the players around them but they're also good football players and penix is exactly that but like is an nfl team gonna look at a a 24 year old prospect and say i'm gonna you know surround him with elite talent and you know build my team around this guy that may not have a lot of room to grow that. I don't know. So that is the, is my biggest concern with Penix because it's nothing to do with his game.
0: Should we move on? It's I think it's time. Here we go. Number two quarterback in this class. And I mentioned that it's a tear break for me. And I mentioned that there were three tiers. I have two players in my top tier. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? I
1: do agree with that. I I went into this a little closed-minded almost, where I was like, this is signed, sealed, delivered, one player at the top, and then another player, and then everybody else. And that's just not what I saw. At the end of the day, Drake May is my number two quarterback. Um, uh, where do you have him before I uh,
0: do? You have my number two also? He is also my number two quarterback. Okay. Which was so, not a given. It was not a given I, that's coming in. That's into why this. I had to ask. <laughs> that's why I had to ask. So,
1: okay. Uh, we both agree that Drake May is really good. We'll get that out of the way. Um, so, what makes. Drake May. What made Drake May close the gap, I guess, is is where we're at. Because uh clearly this leaves Caleb Williams as our QB one and this is going to be the conversation from now until you know week one of the NFL season. Oh and beyond. Probably for the rest of their career, they'll be linked. So Drake May is I he has the best arm strength in the class uh he throws the best ball i won't say he has the best arm talent because i don't think that's true i think that still belongs to caleb williams but when it comes to throwing a ball on a rope over the middle of the field or pushing the ball downfield drake may is in a class of his own in this in this class i mean there's guys like joe milton that can do it but like the way drake may puts it in a good spot it allows his mistakes to be erased in a lot of a lot of places so uh the mistakes i'm talking about is he he also can be a little late sometimes but he makes up for it because the ball gets there like that so that that is the big difference with Drake May compared to some of the other quarterbacks that may not have the luxury of having a live arm is that Drake May is just exceptionally gifted as a thrower. And then he also has huge rushing upside. I love how Drake May runs. Uh, the, this is a, a big guy. I mean, he's 6'4", 230, and he uses his size really well. I mean, he's a good goal line runner. That's going to be where you get your fantasy points. I mean, you look at Josh Allen, you look at Cam Newton in his time, you look at Jalen Hurts. I mean, when you have those guys around the goal line, you feel really good about scoring. So Drake May, I, I think, has immense upside. He looked really good this year compared to last year, in my opinion. I mean last year was better statistically but I think in terms of how he looked purely throwing the football he looked better and then on the ground he looked about the same maybe a little better so what do you think about Drake May
0: yeah there there's a lot I want to talk about with Drake May because and there's a there's a lot of conversation because this player has in some instances overtaken Caleb Williams as the quarterback one for some people. And I mean, before we get to that point talking about, you know, how did we get to Caleb over Drake? I just want to say like it, I, Caleb's really good, man. And he, he's really good. He's so good. And Drake may is, is close. Like he's close. I mean, these are two excellent quarterback prospects. It, it cannot be lost. I, I mentioned this last week. This North Carolina quarterback stuff, it's gotta go away because yeah. it's if you put this player in a top program, I mean, that is you're you're having a completely different conversation. Like he is. So gifted, like you said, that is such a good word to use because he has all of those elements of a quarterback that you look for. The first thing you notice with Drake may is the release. It is, it is just flash. It's a flash. Like, boom, the, the ball is out with velocity. It's out quickly. It's on target in an instant. I mean, he can get it there when he wants it there. You mentioned maybe he's a little late sometimes i I agree, and actually, I think there was a little bit of regression in his game to the intermediate areas this year. I thought last year as a red shirt- as a red shirt freshman, his ability to the intermediate areas of the field were what really put him on the map. I mean it was like what he's doing in this area of the field is is special for a player of his age and experience level. For what he was doing was it was crazy. And here's what I'll say. The wide receivers or the receivers in general on this team this year, they did him no favors. I'm not gonna say this was a perfect year from Drake May. There were there were definitely areas where I was like, man, what is going on here? But a lot of times it is just the the wide receivers that he is working with are it, it's bad. It's really bad. I mean, yeah. these were not good players. I'm sorry to say it. There were multiple instances. We talk about the turnovers increasing this year, and that got you know some chatter even. Multiple instances in the four games that I watched of wide receivers just the ball off their hands and picked. I mean, I don't know how many times total on the year that happened, but there were at least two of his nine picks that were off of wide receivers hands and intercepted. Um, so the turnover numbers, I'm not going to read too far into that. I think some of the timing issues that maybe showed up this year were also at, you can, you can point to the receivers there as well. I mean, it's a two way street. You're going to put the ball where you think it needs to be on time. Is the receiver there on time? In some cases, maybe they weren't. And that's why you see a little bit of like what is going on with Drake May this year. Um, Accuracy and ball placement is just special. I mean, it it, it really is. I mean, you talk about deep accuracy, and I I talked about this with Jane Daniels, his ability to push the ball down the field consistently and accurately. Drake May just is, I mean, this is the player. That I'm like he is the best deep thrower in this class because it, it's velocity, it's accuracy, it's everything you want. I mean, we talk about this nebulous term arm talent, and we'll we can you know talk about that with, with
1: I, I can I think I have a good way to yeah. Do you want to do you want
0: to define it quickly?
1: Yeah. So when I talk about arm talent, and I, I said that Drake May has uh, exceptional arm talent, um, but Caleb Williams has better arm talent. Drake may has better arm strength. When I talk about arm talent, I'm talking about how well you can throw simply with your arm. And that means throwing off-platform. That means throwing with multiple arm angles. That means throwing off-balance pressure in your face. I mean, we just talked about it with Penix. Like, you know, you, you get some pressure, you're leaning back, you're throwing with your arm. And that's what I mean when I talk about arm talent, and it's also going, bullet pass, touch pass, lob, over the top.
0: I have three words to sum up arm talent, and you oh, nailed baby. you nailed it. I mean, you we're we're totally in alignment on this. Arm talent is the combination of arm strength, accuracy, and adaptability. That means, you know, different arm angles on the run. How are you adapting to situations? So, if you got those three things, that's arm talent. And that's why Caleb Williams gets that word thrown around more than anybody because he embodies those three qualities. Drake May is not far behind. I mean, his arm talent is exceptional, his ability on the run is unbelievable. Yeah. Accuracy on the run is. Is incredible he can vary his arm angles as well you see that you know there's plays where he is like rolling left and finding guys right and putting it on him yeah. just on the spot I mean like this is a really special player and I just I want to emphasize that because I don't know that it's being like I, I think like guys like Dane Brugler come out and say this is my quarterback one in the class and everyone says oh my god it's fucking Mitch Trubisky again why is he going ahead of Deshaun Watson first of all both of these players are better than any quarterback was in that class and that's what we're talking about here I mean these are two of the best quarterback prospects I've seen in several years and uh yeah Drake May a- incredible player
1: yeah I, I totally agree I I think that it's it's lazy is what it is i mean to to sit here and and do the helmet thing and say like oh the bears can't take drake may because they took trubisky like i understand if you as a bears fan want to feel that way but that's not a real thing like you that's not real analysis you you got to look deeper and drake may is a better player to today than Mitch Trubisky ever was even in the six touchdown game against (laughs) even when he won the Nickelodeon MVP (laughs) Mm. so yeah let's get beyond that I mean he when when we talk about you know PFF grades and all that stuff and how it's this weird nebulous stuff they scale on a they rate on a scale of zero to 100 right his throwing to the deep center of the field, he gets a 99.7 grade. It's just unbelievable. Like, they, they, on their website, they say, like, oh, yeah, a zero, like, we grade on this scale, blah, blah, blah. The lowest thing is, like, the worst pass you could possibly throw. The highest is, like, the throw to Mario Manningham in the Super Bowl that threaded the needle. Like, that's a, that's a 100. And they're giving, drake may on every pass that he made you know that's 32 attempts to the deep center of the field at 99.7 they're saying this is an unbelievable player and i agree i mean that that totally checks out to me because you talked about his wide receiver help or lack thereof and i would co-sign that 100 i mean you can there's a noticeable different in a difference in his film pre-Tez Walker and post-Tez Walker.
0: And also targeting Tez Walker versus yeah. not targeting Tez Walker. I mean, it's yeah. night and day.
1: Exactly. It's You can absolutely tell. It's like, oh, right, there's number nine. Thank goodness he's on the field because if, like, last year throwing to Josh Downs was a luxury mm-hmm. compared to this year where it's like we're having a tough time. So, uh, I mean – Man, this is going to be – I'm just excited to see them for their NFL career as a bonded pair for the rest of their career.
0: Number one. So, like I said, it was not a guarantee that we were going to land here. This was our quarterback one in the summer, Caleb Williams. I said at that point that I would be absolutely shocked if this was not the number one pick in the NFL draft in April. And we have gotten to a point now where that is at least a question mark. It's not a, you know, we haven't gotten to the point where it's like he's fallen out of favor. It's Drake May's race to lose, but the conversation has started whether you would take Drake or Caleb Williams. And so we spent an entire season watching the player, gave him a lot of badges, then suddenly didn't give him many badges, then suddenly gave him a call home. And I went into this experience with a completely open mind. Like if the tape says that Caleb Williams has regressed this year, I will listen to the tape. I will not stand on my pride. I will not have, you know, an inflated ego where I came here and said all these amazing things about Caleb and then had to eat my words. You know, like I was completely prepared to do that. And the tape told me that nothing has changed. I mean, truly, like, did you have the same experience that I did watching the 2023 Caleb tape?
1: I have a lot to say. Okay. So let's... (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) The glasses are coming off, everyone. Okay. 24-7 sports media has became a plague on sports journalism as a whole. We take everything and dissect it and turn it into these buzzword captions that don't mean anything and that is what has happened to caleb williams in 2023 we started out watching caleb williams at oklahoma two years ago and there have been you know takes about him being the chosen one ever since last year wins the heisman he's you know the golden child and then he does the the fingernail paint and then you know people start to turn on him a little bit and then we get to this year and he you know starts out through week five and is having the season we expect and then he hits a rough patch in the middle of the season ends great you know his last five, four games were really good games. USC lost a few of those games. That's true. But I just – the the takes that come out about Caleb Williams, that have been coming out about Caleb Williams, are lazy or irresponsible. Like, you, you tell on yourself when you say certain things. Like, Caleb Williams was bad against good teams objectively not true like he was pretty solid like they put that graphic up and everybody just screenshotted it and that's their entire take on Caleb Williams Caleb Williams has a lot of fumbles this year yeah it's true it's an emphasis that he needs to put on his game like we there there's people that are saying things without any substantiation and it's annoying we need to get under the hood and figure out what's going on because if you watch like the Notre Dame game which is his worst game you will see a lack of separation from these wide receivers that's hard to watch these are, when when his wide receivers, like, have to go against real potentially NFL caliber corners in man coverage, it's just impossible for them to get open. And then the blame gets deflected on Caleb Williams, which naturally happens. That happens to quarterbacks all the time in the NFL. But we can't just say he's a bad prospect because of that. So... Does he have some knucklehead plays? Absolutely. But that doesn't make him a bad quarterback or a bad prospect. If you dig a little deeper, you'll realize that this is just as good of a prospect, if not a better one, because he didn't have Jordan Addison, and he still put up a great season. Because Brendan Rice is not going to cut it as a number one wide receiver in all reality. So we need to be a little less lazy as a sports media community and have a little more critical thinking and substantiate claims a little more often instead of just saying Caleb Williams bad because of three second clip. I found
0: preach. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's so real. I, everything you just said completely applies it's why you have to watch the tape on these players because if you trust what you're hearing from bleacher report memes or skip bayless talking points like you will completely miss the level of a player that this is i mean i made it a point to watch the games that were like marquee matchups for him and, and games down the stretch. I'm talking like Washington, Oregon late into the year with these teams that are, you know, potential playoff teams. And he's playing these teams after this, you know, rough stretch and all of this. What, one of the things that I wrote in my notes is this is the guy who isn't good anymore. Right. Like what are we watching? Because I, I, the, the level of talent, and this is where we're going to talk about arm talent, because the level of arm talent that this player has is just ridiculous. I mean, he is a game changer. He is a game changer at quarterback. He is one of these players that I feel like you could drop in just about any situation. And he is going to make the most out of it because that's essentially what he did at USC this year. I mean, you talked about it. These wide receivers, they they did him no favors this year. And we, we were excited about this group coming into the year. There were some names here. We thought, you know, Mario Williams, Dorian Singer, Brendan Rice, like, Zachariah Branch, you know th- these names that are here and then you realize over the course of the year that man I, these guys aren't that good yeah <laughs>
1: like yeah you saying them doing them no favors is like really I feel like is understating things
0: it, and it is they were they were bad uh, well and you see it I mean it literally shows up here uh, 3600 passing yards with 30 touchdowns that is massive regression from a Heisman campaign that he had. And that's why people are going to look at the, look at the box score, look at the stats and say, man, what the hell happened to Caleb Williams? And what I'm saying is go watch the throws that this, that he was making it, with these players, with the, with this crew of guys that it was, I mean, separation. I mean, that wasn't a thing. I mean, you have guys like, and the, here's where we'll go back to Jane Daniels. You talk about throwing into the most you know wide open, open windows of all time. I mean, Malik Neighbors, Jane Daniels' film is as much about Malik Neighbors as it is about Jane Daniels. You come away watching Jane Daniels saying, oh, my God, Malik Neighbors is incredible. You don't say that about any receiver on USC. You just keep saying over and over, oh, my God, Caleb Williams is incredible. Yeah, uh, his, his his improvisation ability is truly special. I mean, like it, it cannot be understated how ridiculous he is at, outside of structure. And that's the big criticism is he needs to play more in structure. And what I'll say to that is go watch the film because he's doing it. He's doing it. He's got pocket footwork. He climbs the pocket. He gets through his reads. He sits there and delivers when he needs to escape which is often which was often because he didn't have open guys downfield the offensive line wasn't oh, towards the end of the year they had some they had some problems blocking for him he's getting outside he's trying to create he's trying to let these guys get into open spaces because they can't separate on their routes that's when these amazing plays happen and then everyone says well he can't do that he can't do it in structure Well, there's a reason for it. And what is he doing? What is he doing with these players? I mean, it is, it's, it was shocking to me. It was literally shocking to me to watch Caleb Williams, 2023 film. I went in expecting, man, we're going to see some regression. I got to figure out what's going on here. I saw almost no regression. I saw almost nothing that concerned me at an extremely high level outside of the fumbles. If you're going to play hero ball and you're going to escape and you're going to run away from guys and you're going to try to create, you have to hold on to the football when things are getting messy. And that was something he didn't do this year. And that was the big fatal flaw that he had this year was the 16 fumbles. That's the number that holds him back. But that's it. That's literally it. Take care of the football when you're deciding to go full Mahomes and create outside of structure hold on to the football and we're we're talking about one of the best quarterback prospects in the history of the NFL yeah so I want to talk about the regression
1: because that that's going to be a big key point on Caleb Williams scouting report that's going to be happening until draft day so when you talk about 2022 he had 334 completions, 502 attempts, 66.5% completion percentage, 4,539 yards, 42 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Very good. You look at this year, he only had 268 completions. 394 attempts. So 68% completion percentage, which is better. Uh, 30 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. So you, you look at rather than... You know the the raw numbers which i mean i get if you do because you know more numbers better more yards better more touchdowns better less interceptions great but when you look at the fact that he dropped back 113 less times this year uh and had a better completion percentage and then ended up with 900 less yards but on top of that so He dropped back 113 less times. Still took five more sacks this year and had less time to throw. This was a worse offensive line, which is why they tried to establish the run so much. They also had Marshawn Lloyd, who was good this year. We talked about him a fair amount. They ran the ball a lot more this year, and that shows up in the stats too. So Caleb Williams working with a worse wide receiver core than last year, simply due to the fact that Jordan Addison is not there. We see the kind of talent Jordan Addison has in the NFL right now. We see how good he is. He was a Blitnikoff winner coming in. He was good with Caleb Williams. He's, I mean, been the de facto number one since Justin Jefferson got hurt and has looked great for the Vikings. Like, that's a good wide receiver. Has nobody near the caliber of talent of Jordan Addison this year. He loses that. And then the O-line gets worse, and there's a higher emphasis on the rushing game this year. Like, that is the regression right there. And then the higher pressure percentage, I mean, 35 sacks on the 455 dropbacks, it's not great. And, like, what are you going to do? he's trying to buy more time because his guys are not open at the top of his drop. You talk about him being bad in structure. What does that mean? Well, because in structure, in structure means him throwing the ball when he hits the back foot. Do you want him to just throw an interception? Cause he could, if he threw it on time to his first or second read, because they're not open. Just go watch, literally go watch every snap of that Notre Dame game. It's sickening the amount of times where he's at the top of his drop and everybody's blanketed. And the fact that he turns that into a positive play more often than not, I mean, he was pressured 20 times on 45 dropbacks in that game. Sacked seven times. He was fighting for his life in that game. And he threw two bad interceptions in that game. Because his process was sped up. Understandably so. But he threw two really bad interceptions. That was his worst game. And everybody's takes that are bad, Caleb Williams' bad takes, is going to be based on week seven against Notre Dame. And it's irresponsible of like people to just cherry pick one game when he has all of these good games. Washington was a good game. And that's a team that's in the college football playoff. Go
0: watch that Washington film. If you have any questions about his ability to play, quote-unquote, in structure, go watch the Washington game. He's playing from the pocket routinely in that game and cutting them up.
1: Yeah. So I just – as soon as you tell me that you think Caleb Williams is bad in structure or he's bad against good teams, it tells me where you're at. And so I just – I don't want to have to hear about this for the next four months. And I'm going to. And I'm just preemptively getting out ahead of it. And if your team passes on Caleb Williams, it's not going to be great. You're going to regret it in the future. Like, if you're the Bears and you have the number one pick, I'm sorry. You should be taking Caleb Williams. I know you love Justin Fields, but this guy is unbelievable. So I I just <laughs> I'll stop there. I I really this this bothers me a lot. I, I've had this I get it burning, but I, I just needed to needed to well, say that.
0: And it's it goes back to what we started this conversation with. This is a product of the sports media cycle. This 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 conversation doesn't need to be a negative or, and I told you so, or anything like that. It's created by the constant noise that if you're just a, a, you know, a consumer of football media, if you're like, Oh, what's the deal with, you know, Caleb Williams, I heard he's really good. And then you have everyone saying, Oh man, you better be careful. Like he's dangerous. Like it, it That is why this conversation goes the way that it does, because it, it really is simply a matter of watch the player. Watch the player. It will tell you everything you need to know. This is a special quarterback talent. It really is. I, I feel very confident saying that. And in terms of fantasy, I mean, Superflex 101, welcome to the next era of your team that's where i'm at i mean this is as as easy as it gets with with a number one pick
1: i i just ranted and i didn't even talk about the player like that that's I know. where we're at in this <laughs> in this this
0: process. i tried to throw some tidbits in there we got I, the arm talent we got the improvisation we got the ability to play on time which apparently he doesn't have but that showed up for me in the games that i watched so i agree
1: yeah i i mean the the arm talent's unreal and the improv is a real thing like when things don't go right he writes the wrongs of the rest of the team and that is what uh, a franchise changing player can do he can can take a negative play and turn it into a positive. He can. I mean, the some of the some of the throws that he he makes is unlike anybody else. That like, there's not one throw on you know three through fifteen that I watched that is as close to as good as Caleb Williams. Like, Drake May is the only guy that has wow throws as frequently as Caleb Williams. And Caleb Williams does it, I mean, every single game Yeah, where he's making something out of nothing. And that's in structure and out of structure. So just, yeah, I, man, I wish he was going to be on my team.
0: Yep. One of the last, we'll wrap it up like this. One of the last bullet points I had from when I was – watching Caleb Williams film, unreal player. He is who we thought he was. Exactly right. That's it. He he is who we thought he was. There's no questions. This is the same player from the summer. will continue to be this player should be the number one pick in the NFL and should be a very fun player to watch for a very long time in the NFL. Amen. All right that's five quarterbacks 2024 baby we got a lot of takes burning holes in the pocket right now we got one question yeah okay so uh, this
1: got lost and so Cale williams is 101 in superflex. i, yeah. I kind of want to give a little bit of a super flex yeah yep, shout yep. out because we don't do it very often uh drake may
0: is he your 102 in superflex? flex yeah, we talked about this during the season. We kind of got a little bit of a precursor to this and at that point in time, I said, "Yes, he is my 102." And and for me, after watching the film, I I'm sticking with that take. Yep.
1: I agree. I was I was firmly in the Marvin Harrison is 102, but I I think that Drake May being as close as he is to Caleb Williams should be 102 I think that's a guy that is going to be very good. So my last super flex question is Jaden Daniels would you take him in the first round of a super flex draft? Or where do you or where would you take
0: him in the first, in the round? first round? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, How high yeah. would you take him? High. I'm I'm taking him high. I'm taking him probably I'll go let's let's say like this top five superflex so draft Caleb Drake, Drake, Marvin Harrison Jr Malik neighbors Jane Daniels.
1: okay all right the rushing yeah, disagree, upside is just like too
0: it. it's just too alluring right now right That's fair. Maybe Bowers okay. gets ahead of him at some point but I don't I don't know that that will happen. Yeah. That's fair. okay man. That's crazy. Yeah. We, we've made it. Rankings 2.0. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this class, though. And yeah. we, we can go back all the way to the beginning of this conversation where I talked about this tier of guys that J.J. McCarthy is a part of, and they, they did not make the cut on this list. Are there any quarterbacks that you watched that you feel particularly inclined to to shout out right now.
1: Okay, so the the one that I was talking about earlier. I said it's it was between JJ McCarthy and one other guy. And the other guy was Joe Milton. Really? Yes. So I I know. Just just <laughs> let me cook for Okay, a minute. cook. Yep. So Joe Milton is a very very unfinished player but he's man that arm <laughs> the arm is so good
0: it it tantalized I can't stay away from it in the summer and we're we're staying here uh, right I, now.
1: we we made it all the way here and I'm like man I can't I can't not like Joe Milton's cannon and uh he can also run i love i love how he runs um so there's just like he's alluring to me and i i can't i can't i can't quit joe milton i don't know what it is
0: i respect it (laughs) (laughs) my
1: other honorable mention is quinn ewers if he if he comes back
0: yeah that's the one i want to talk about if he
1: comes out not if he comes yeah
0: Because that's, I mean, the rumor mill is saying that Ewers will return to school. I did include him in the players that I watched for this episode. He did not make the top five, but he would have been number six for me. Um, I think him and McCarthy are similar players in where they are right now. I mean, I think McCarthy, and this was something we talked about in the summer too, like Ewers was my number four quarterback. I think he was maybe around there for you as yeah. well. Um, And that was with the caveat that it's a really, really young player, and I think he's going to grow this year, and he did. I mean, he really did, just like McCarthy did. They both grew as players this year, but Ewers still – leave something to be desired right now. And and like McCarthy, I mean, the playoff will be his opportunity to really show, you know, what he's got and what he has on a big stage like that. But I do like that he is likely to return to school. I think that's going to be really good for him. I think he can come in to 2025 as one of the top quarterbacks and really earn that ranking, unlike this year where it's a lot of projection with him, where you're like – yeah, well he's not there but we can we could maybe get there someday let's see him get there for next year Um, my number five quarterback coming into the season was Jordan Travis I still really like Jordan Travis the leg injury is so heartbreaking on so many levels like I hope it doesn't affect him long term I think you know It will most likely affect his NFL draft capital, but I still see a player that is dynamic and accurate across the field. I think, you know, some games better than others, wake forest. He looks like maybe a first round quarterback Pitt, He looks like a third round quarterback, you know, like it's, it's inconsistent there, but I, I like the player a lot. And I hope that he gets a chance to to show what he's made of. We've seen this year that these backup quarterbacks or quarterback NFL quarterbacks, like there's, there's a lot of opportunities to be had, and I think he's a player that could seize one of those opportunities. The last name I want to bring up, just because it is a player that's being discussed, maybe even in first-round conversations, is Bo Nix.
1: I watched Bo Nicks.
0: I I don't see it at all. I tried. I, I really did. Me I mean, too. Some folks want him in the first round. I I don't see it. He had a great year for Oregon. He he operated very well in their system. He was the epitome of a game manager, but the kind of game manager that I don't know elevated that offense in any seriously meaningful way.
1: Bo Nicks. My my one thing I have to say about bonix is, he's the guy that Brock Purdy haters think Brock Purdy is. <laughs> like uh, he, it's literally the entire bonix experience is watching him throw to guys that are gonna either get him yards or not, and that's how he's gonna live or die. And more often than not, they did well for him. And so uh, shout-out Troy Franklin and Bucky Irving.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I won't sit here and say that he can't make an NFL – like, he can't oh, he be – he can an... be
1: a, a solid backup, I think, yeah. for a long time.
0: I agree. Like, I think yeah. he is – that's what he is. I don't think he is a NFL starter. Yeah. But he
1: can come in and, you know – get the ball to to the guys and hope that he doesn't have to start more than one game
0: yeah <laughs> i'm glad we're on the same page yep uh
1: jordan travis totally forgot to watch him that's because i he got
0: i mean yeah i forgot about him yeah i mean it it's sad It it is i it's i think sad the way i think if he had ended the year They'd have been in the playoff, and then we would have had that conversation a little bit more. I just,
1: yeah. I almost want to retroactively make him my QB5
0: (laughs) (laughs) over JJ. (laughs) I thought about it, but it's – Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's 2024 quarterbacks 2.0, and the fun is just beginning because – while well, this quarterback group is very fun, deep, there's names, there's elite talents and all of that, the positions that we make our money, in non-superflex leagues at least, are the ones that we have coming up. And it starts next week with running backs. This has been a much-anticipated discussion I think because we need to figure out what is going on with this running back class there's been a lot of you're the running back one no you're the running back one so far well we're gonna find out next week who really is the running back one at this point in time so I'm incredibly excited for that
1: well, and that's coming out on Wednesday just so everybody knows yes because Christmas we normally record Mondays uh christmas is monday so i hope you hope you can understand we'll be
0: busy on christmas yes but we'll record on
1: the 26th and release it on the
0: 27th yeah back-to-back wednesday releases for us it's the holiday season here uh first and foremost hope everybody has a nice holiday season um if you enjoyed quarterbacks 2.0 baby Find us on X, formerly known as Twitter at camp underscore dynasty and TikTok at camp.dynasty. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel where video feeds of the pods are going up every single week. And shout out to anybody who has checked out the YouTube channel or the TikTok channel in the last few weeks. We see you and we appreciate you. So thank you for that. More great stuff is incoming because it's draft season baby so be sure to follow and subscribe and rate review and comment and share the pod feed as well if you're enjoying it because i'm having a great time and i know colin's having a great time so let's all have a great time because it's draft season baby yeah put it on your pinterest
1: put it on your tumblr i mean whatever you can do to get camp dynasty out there we appreciate
0: there's somebody on threads you know
1: Uh, oh yeah that's (laughs) a thing re-thread it yeah sure
0: mark zuckerberg whatever man all right well like i said hope everybody has a great holiday and we will see you next week for running backs 2.0 baby it's gonna be a blast Thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.